This is Creepy and Geeky, a part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network. Welcome to Creepy and Geeky. I'm your host, Robert. And on today's episode, we've come to the finale of the Chucky series with Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky. Joining me today is returning guest Amber Knapp. Amber is the owner of the blog, Another One for the Fire. Welcome back to the show, Amber. Oh, thank you for having me and letting me get on a microphone and rant. (laughs) (laughs) I will always take the opportunity to come back. You've been so gracious. Yeah. It's always been a lot of fun, so... You know, this should this should be another fun episode. Um we're talking Man, thanks for letting my dog now co-host as he's licking my face <laughs> in front of the microphone. Well, we yes. uh you can say hi, is, Brody. <laughs> <laughs> this is the uh the, the fourth and final episode of the Chucky series. And yes, uh, like I said, we're talking Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky, which are both um the the last two movies um in, in the movie franchise so far. And um, they are uh, written and directed uh, by non uh, by Don Mancini, who's <laughs> who's who's written or co-written every uh, installment in the franchise except for the remake. And um, and these are hashtag not my Chucky. <laughs> yeah, and these are two uh, the two of the three movies that he's uh, directed. So. <laughs> it's a uh, these movies are interesting because they kind of reboot the franchise uh in a way mm-hmm. um they're not they're they're not full reboots at all they they're definitely continuation of the storyline um which has been good i i think that um what's been nice about this series um and i like this series overall mm-hmm. that uh it's one of the most consistent um in terms of keeping the storyline going while also like each movie like there's three distinct eras of of, mm-hmm. of the franchise and um while they kind of deviate in tone um mm-hmm. they still uh continue the storyline in, in neat little ways and so it's kind of cool especially going into um the Chucky series, which kind of then like the mm-hmm. TV series, which kind of uh, takes everything that's been done before and, and and starts its own path as well. So I like that uh, e- each one of these um, like little, like especially the episodes I've been doing has, has been like the part of each mm-hmm. little dis- distinct uh, uh, tonally, like these different kind of reboot versions. And this one, uh, Curse of Chucky follows up after Seed of mm-hmm. Chucky, which is probably the most wild um, and kind of <laughs> out there uh, uh, version of Chucky that we've gotten, and mm-hmm. the most com- the most comedic version. This one, Curse of Chucky, kind of rolls that back and kind of returns to the the just the the horror roots of it all, the like the scariness of it without being. It still has the comedy, still has the 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 humorous mm-hmm. tone and bits. But it takes a while to get there, um, which I which I found interesting um, because I, I think yeah. that 
ultimately bride of Chucky is probably my favorite. And especially because I'm more of a horror comedy guy. Um, yeah. And in, in, in terms of the tone and stuff, bride of Chucky seems to get it the best, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. That was my but, gateway. Yeah, that was like yeah. horror gateway and Chucky gateway was like seen. <laughs> I think like comedy central was showing them. They were showing bride and seed of Chucky. Yeah. So like, you know, over summers, away from school it's like hey, i'm just gonna watch whatever's on tv and it's like of course edited for tv but it's like nope i watch bride and seed of chucky yeah. like, those are my introductions to the chucky series i didn't see the original child's play for years after That's that still so. no but um uh, yeah no so um so let me let me get your thoughts on you know curse of chucky like kind of your overall feeling uh of, of what you what you like and dislike about uh, um, the, the, this first movie, Curse of Chucky. Yeah. Well, like, I feel like with starting to talk about Curse, I kind of have to talk about Cult because these okay. were both the direct-to-video sequels right, that he did. Right. And it was what? Curse came out in 2013 and Cult was 2017? Right. I think. I didn't see both of them until both of the movies were out. So it might have been like 2017, 2018. And I watched Cult before I watched Cursed. I don't remember if that was a conscious decision or if it was like that was what the family video had. So I rented that one first. Right. And like it kind of worked in a sense of watching a movie and then watching a prequel. Right. Afterwards, like some of it worked as a prequel sense. Some of it did not. But... Oh, I'm trying to think because when I watched it with the commentary again as we were talking about Curse was sort of rebooting the franchise and getting back to the horror element that was what Don Mancini said of it was not only rebooting the story but it was getting back to the sort of darker roots of it where it's not cuckoo crazy Chucky that we were getting in Bride and Seed, it's right. a Charles Lee Ray story because you get the whole flashback of, well, I mean, spoiler alert, obviously, if you haven't seen it, <laughs> of the Charles Lee Ray story and how he knows Nika and her family and all of that. So that was really nice of like, I mean, plus just Fiona Dorif coming in as Nika is so satisfying. Yeah. Which, yeah. learning in the commentary, she originally read for Barb oh, that's in funny. Curse, which I don't see it. <laughs> like, because, oh my goodness, what is her name that plays Barb? Uh, Danielle Basuti. Yeah, Danielle Basuti. Because I remember, I love Insidious 2. It's probably my favorite Insidious movie. She had Curse and Insidious 2 come out in 2013, so she had a heck of a year for right. playing a bad bitch. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, you couldn't picture Fiona Dorf as Barb. You can only picture her as Nika, I think. <sighs> yeah, I think she does a really good job at playing Nika. Um, and I, and I, I think it's awesome that, um, you know, she grew up with chucky um i know there's a mm-hmm. whole documentary uh called living with chucky and i haven't seen that yet and that's definitely on my list of things to watch now that i've um, oh i cried i've done this yeah so like um so, good. so i 
I, in, in part, you know, this, this is coming around um, the same time that um, uh, Chucky season three has come out. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not yet caught up on the series. Um, I've only seen the first season. Um, now that the second season is available on Peacock, I'm going to watch that. But I, I was definitely using this as an opportunity to go back, rewatch <laughs> all the movies, rewatch the first couple of seasons and then get caught up mm-hmm. fully. And then I was going to watch the living with Chucky uh, documentary, but I do find it fascinating mm-hmm. that um, she, you know, grew up around Chucky, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's something that, you know, her life was a part of in part, like, I don't, you know, I'm not sure how much she grew up around the set because I'm not sure how much Brad Dourif, um, you know, was on set yeah. for any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, the voice. It's but, funny um, you mentioned that because I think it was during the purse commentary because it was Don Mancini, Fiona Dourif, and then Tony Gardner, I believe, who's the effects guy who does Chucky. And Fiona Dourif. Gardner, who, yeah. Yeah. And Fiona Dourif had been talking because, you know, obviously her dad. And apparently, other fun fact, her birthday is like end of October. So apparently the Chucky doll did make appearances at her birthday party. That's so funny. (laughs) But she said like her earliest memory of Chucky was during the filming of the original Child's Play. And the day she visited set was when they were filming like... Well, not filming, but recording the audio for the end scene where Chucky's burning in the fire. So <laughs> she just walked into a studio and sees her dad in a box just screaming nonstop and pain and loud. And she like yeah. freaked out and like ran and hid. And like that was her earliest Chucky memory <laughs> so was funny. that. And it's like, oh, that's terrifying. But also really nice that you see how it rounded about now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I I think it's fascinating just, you know, to be part of that and to grow up with it and then to eventually become a major part of the franchise Mm -hmm. also, you know, and, and, you know, everybody can talk about Nepo babies and, and everything. And I get it. Don't get me wrong. I do understand it. And I, I I agree to a certain extent. There are definitely some people in the industry who Mm -hmm. have gotten a leg up because, you know, of who they're, you know, because they're related to somebody. Um, But I think that if you've got the talent to back it up, then yeah. I'm a little bit more forgiving of that. And mm-hmm. Fiona Dur- Durif definitely has that talent. She plays good Nika. Um, and then being able to essentially play her father now. Um, oh, you know, that was is just, it's so brilliant. Satisfying. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's jumping and like, ahead. She had done, know, obviously. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard not to talk about one without the other in my mm-hmm. mind, which I'm trying to separate it. But like, yeah because she had done acting beforehand right i'm trying to think what she did it might have been uh, one of those vampire movies yeah true blood she did a handful of episodes on and that was huge in that and like if i remember right it was brad duraf talking to me saying you're like hey maybe just have her read for like one of the side roles right and then she read for barb and diamond senior's like no i think she could do the lead yeah so it was like part of who you know, but partially also she was already acting. Yeah, no, and I th- I think that you know she does a, she does a really good job at it, and uh, you know she's she's carrying the load of this of this mm-hmm. duology um here with Curse and Cult, and and that's the that's the fun thing about it. You know, it ta- takes it back to its horror roots. It, it kind of mm-hmm. takes it back to the beginning in a way. Um, there's a lot of similarities with Curse of 
Chucky that um to the to the first movie to Child's Play mm-hmm. one. Um, you know, it's in a house and it's, you know, he's he's stalking a child and you know, and this time it's, you know, her niece Alice. Yeah. And uh, you know, he's killing he, you know, he's killing the family and everybody inside. Um, you know, it it's 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 an interesting movie. Um, I, I really enjoy both of these a, a lot. Um because of you know taking it back to that as, as much as i love bride of chucky mm-hmm. that i think that you know taking it back to you know making it more scary and everything is fine you know it, it's yeah. it's i think what we what we associate most with chucky these days is kind of what we get in um uh, bride and seed a lot right. of that kind of attitude and um, that kind of comedy aspect of it um but yeah. again that is here um, you know, it's not he didn't go straight from going, you know, oh well, I'm gonna completely you know dial back all the comedy and just make him scary. No, he the comedy's still there. And and that was the fun thing about it too, was that towards the end of the movie you discover because at, at first you're like, um, you see this new Chucky doll and it's mm. got such a weird design too. It's not like the, <laughs> the, the facial the facial structure on it looks so weird and you're just like, what is going on? Why did they change the design of this? Mm-hmm. Um and then you find out later on in the in in the movie that you know it's just makeup. Uh he's covered his scars and and his hair, you know, and so it's by the end of the movie it's all come off and he looks like the Chucky from the last two movies, which mm-hmm. is which was great. I love that part of it. it was just oh, like yeah. you know, gave them a chance to update the design, but also gave them a chance to you know, then still keep it tied to the originals because, and that was perfect. That was like really perfect for me in that way, because like I said, it was kind of a reboot without being mm-hmm. a full reboot. And, oh. and, and it just gave so much. And then, you know, what was really fun about it too, is that it, it brought back in uh, Tiffany, mm-hmm. um, you know, who's now after the events of seed of Chucky, um, <laughs> she's now inhabiting the body of, of, um, um, Jennifer uh, Tilly. Uh, Jennifer Tilly. Yeah. Um, which is hilarious. It's so funny and meta. I love that Cedar Chucky went that route and that, you know, it's it's just yeah, you know, I love that um uh that Jennifer Tilly is so on board with all of this. Um she, she leans so and, far into it. I love oh it. Oh my god, it's so great. I love that everybody like and 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 um uh Alex Vincent comes back as Andy Barkley mm-hmm. and it's so good. I'm like you know, it, it's so funny to see everybody come back like this and to like just get back into it. Um, yeah, it really kind of yeah. almost feels like they just put a ribbon around a whole bunch and tied it all together. Yeah, and it, and like and the, the fact that the fact that Don Mancini has been the writer from the beginning, and mm-hmm. you get all this stuff that comes through. Um, and that, you know, he's obviously having a lot of fun keeping it tied together. And it really does feel like, and again, I haven't seen the documentary, but what I've mm-hmm. heard of the documentary is that a lot of the people that make the film, they're a family together. They're a nice little, they, like they, they like, they love working together. Um, and that's why they continue to be together, you know, and, and that, that show that makes a big difference in like making this kind of movie like when you can continue to have the same people together and make this franchise as consistent as it is Mm -hmm. um i just feel like that's just it makes it so much more fun because you're just having fun with the same people every time um and bringing new people in um, yeah but you know it's it's 
just more fun in that way. And I love being able to see the 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 overall storyline continue uh, yeah. into each new episode. So, oh yeah, you'll see that. Um, because it happens between Curse and Cult where they're starting to bring back a few of the actors. Like you'll notice the guy who plays Malcolm Malcolm in Cult was the cop yeah. in Cursed, and then once you get further in the TV series without spoiling it you'll see the same actors coming back in different roles that's cool each season yeah. they keep doing yeah. that but um no because you said you loved bride i i kind of caught it at first but i wasn't like fully sure but the very end scene where tiffany comes back it is the exact mirror of the opening of bride like yep. the yep. blue tint the dialogue of the cop is exactly the same oh yeah because i'm like like I watch it, and I'm like, I feel like that's exactly what he said in Bride. And sure enough, watching the commentary, because Mancini is like, yeah, we wanted to bring back, you know, the darker elements of the original Charles Lee Ray story, but then bringing back in some of the elements of Bride of Tiffany comes back, Chucky's right. got the scars on his face, it's the cop at the end, it's this, it's that, and so it kind of has the what is it? The this place has got everything. It yeah. really does. No, it's great. No, I, I, I think that's really cool the way they've been doing that. Like they it just it just makes things more fun um, in mm-hmm. so many ways. Even when you're making this a more serious movie, there's little mm-hmm. you know, subversions um, in terms of bringing some of that comedy in. It's a little bit more darkly funny than it is, um, you know, than some of the other ones. You know, it's not Chucky going wildly crazy and and off the rails now because this is this goes back to because what happens what is is that bride and seed are more focused on chucky and tiffany and so Mm -hmm. it's not focused on the victims as much because one through three is chucky going after andy and Mm -hmm. then we veer off that finally and get to you know just about um, Chucky and Tiffany and then this one brings it back and now we get this whole new family and you're just like well why is Chucky after this family what what is so important mm-hmm. and I think that's that's interesting that you know he, they take that tack um, you know good or bad I think that it still works um, that you know it, it it's just it's an interesting to go from Seed of Chucky and I get that Seed of Chucky kind of went mm-hmm really wild out there um and it did totally um and <laughs> it's but you know re-watching that again as well was fun because it's just it's definitely in line with what what he was doing with bride of chucky a little bit more wild but you know still in yeah. keeping with that and getting really meta into the whole movie thing and movie aspect of everything and just having fun with it, it was like don mancini you know uh, you know, ha- finally got the chance to direct. And he's like, okay, I'm getting my, maybe my one and only chance to direct. I'm going to throw everything wild in here. I want to do. And, yeah. um, and then, you know, and then now, you know, it's now several years later, what was it? Um, nine years later, he's finally getting to make another one. And he's mm-hmm. like, okay, uh, let me rein it back, <laughs> you know, yep. um, and, and just make it scary and, you know, get get this back together. And I think this is what's interesting, too, because not only is he is he the you know, we talk about it in terms of only Don Mancini, but there's also another person 
um, that's been involved from the b- very beginning. And that's David Kirshner, who's the guy mm-hmm. who's a producer and the guy who created the Chucky doll. And so the David Kirshner has been a part of every step of the way too. And so they talk to each other and they build the story together. Um, And I think that's awesome that, uh, you know, it's all again, the, the fact that everybody's been there um, every step Mm -hmm. of the way and um, they just have so much fun doing it. You can just tell that, that that everything they do is just a ton of fun for everybody involved. Uh, But yeah. Oh, yeah. you'll see that in the documentary it's yeah utterly fantastic i can't recommend that one enough yeah it's high on my list to watch as soon as, as soon as i'm done watching <laughs> rewatching everything then yeah it's definitely uh, the first thing i'm gonna go uh watch <laughs> i no you're making me want to rewatch season two <laughs> i mean like they re they introduce these characters and oh my goodness, I can't even think of Nika's last name for the family, but like Pierce. Pierce, yeah. It's 2023. These characters were introduced in 2013. So now we have a decade out, like, yeah. Yeah. with these characters, plus everybody who comes back in the series now, which is becoming another beautiful smorgasbord of stuff right. that was built off of the original movies Bride, Seed, Cult, Curse, everything. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. no. What is it? Season one takes place after like two, two, three weeks after the end of Cult. If I remember right. I'm not sure exactly. I think it's brought up in like one of the early episodes. Yeah. Where... I don't think it's too long afterward. Yeah. No. It's only, a, I want to say it's just a few weeks, but it was that beautiful bounce of creating the character of Nika. Right. And then carrying her and the Tiffany is Jen Fertilli and now Chucky is Nika and it's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's really good. That's what's of, you know, it's, it, it's, it, I was glad to hear that they made a series, a TV series, um, mm-hmm. even though it would be somewhat m- muted because it's on TV um, <laughs> and being on, you know, sci-fi slash uh, USA network, you know, mm-hmm. it'd be one thing if it was like on HBO or, or stars or something like that where they could really go you know nuts oh but um you know they went I think they're them. allotted like one shit or one f bomb yeah. because yeah. of the time slot it's in but yeah it's still muted <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you know and they have to dial back some of the blood and gore and everything like that so it's definitely not you know as crazy as you know the movies but it's it's cool to see that they get to continue that storyline and i and i like that i like that they've been able to take what you know because essentially what happens with curse and cult is that he's starting to lay this groundwork for the future of the movies or the future of the series Mm -hmm. um that he wanted to see it go in um with nika and tiffany and all that and um and now with the tv series we've been able to see that play out um more and more each season yeah you really Um, see it in the start of cult with like the multiple Yes. Chucky's like, and then that just literally just keeps multiplying. Right. Like, that was what really the groundwork, which is kind of funny because watching Curse with the documentary, which was still, you know, four years before Colt came out, and Mason was talking about where he thought he could go with the franchise. 
And the first thing out of his mouth was, <clears throat> excuse me, he said he wanted to shoot a story of following Nika in the asylum, which I mean, ultimately we did get. Right. But his other idea was Chucky on a train. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw that mentioned. Yeah, Chucky on a train. I'm like, yeah, like that. I would want to see that short. I, I would, I would want to <laughs> see it like as a short. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe an episode of the TV series would be fine. Um, oh, that I, would be hilarious. I don't think it would sustain as a as a movie. Um, yeah. You know, but definitely an episode of the show would be great for that. That would be fun. <laughs> Um, yeah, like runtime length and half. Don't burn yeah. it. But Chucky on a train would be great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I saw I saw him mention um, also too. Like I guess around this time, one of his other ideas was that he wanted to uh, cross over with the uh, uh, Freddy. So there was like a you know, uh, Chucky on Elm Street uh, movie, <laughs> and I, I just like okay, I get it. It it would be interesting and and kind of funny, but like. I'm okay with that not happening. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm good with like as much as I do, I really love Freddy versus Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need to see any more horror crossovers like that. You know, it, the Freddy versus Jason seemed like like, you know, you had to get the two monoliths of the 80s. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I like Chucky being his his own thing. It's wild yeah. and crazy enough just being in his own thing. Like I'm good yeah. with that. No, yeah. there doesn't need to be anything else. <laughs> Yeah, like I know comics took it was what Friday versus Jason versus Ash was a comic I think Pinhead yeah. based off against somebody but I don't know if Chucky ever had his comic run sort of the face off uh, yeah I mean they probably Not just sure. would have thought Freddy and Chucky just would have been a battle of snark really yeah it had just been two you know funny snarky guys killing people and just you know trying to see who could kill as many Elm Street kids as possible Freddie would have drop kicked Chucky at some point because everybody <laughs> always makes that joke, right. which was another interesting thought I never had. Because Macini talks about how people would always come to him. They're like, "It's a doll. It's a two foot tall plastic thing. You can just punt this across the room and run." Right, and that was partially where he thought of the idea of making Nika in a wheelchair. Because it kind of made her yeah, takes that level out. the yeah. playing field, and yeah. they did have um, a consultant on set, like what was the word? A disability consultant That's to good. make sure yeah. it's like, yeah, this is the thing she would have. This is how she would use the wheelchair and things like that. Yeah. No, and I think you know if you look back at number one, if you look back at ch- the original Child's Play and stuff like that, once they realize that the doll is actually doing the killing and stuff like that, they do like punt it across the room, and you know, mm-hmm. so I mean, there are those aspects. It, the problem, the problem always comes into nobody ever believes it's the doll at first, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. I mean, who would who would suspect a, a possessed doll? I mean, you would just think uh, the kid was lying, and so that's yeah, what's that's great why about love, yeah. yeah, like that's the end of the first one when. Like that secondary cop comes in behind Chris Sarandon. And yeah. He's like, now do you believe me? He's like, yeah, I believe you, but who's going to believe me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what makes the that's what has always made the the series interesting too. Because as much as they, as much as it has been Chucky over the last you know, you know twenty plus years or thirty mm-hmm. plus years now, um, because yep. it's thirty five years now. Um, since the oh, man, this is, yeah. this year is 35 years since the first one. 
um, that it's, you know, it all the killings have been done, but it makes it look like it's been people around mm-hmm. the whole thing. And like this unknown killer, like killing everybody um, that's being blamed on Chucky every time. And nobody has ever taken it seriously that Chucky is out there killing people. So it's just there's been this urban myth. And that kind of goes into, you know, what happens in Seed of Chucky that we're, you know, they're making the movie based on these, you know, these characters of Chucky and Tiffany because nobody really believes it. But they're, it becomes almost this meta aspect yeah. in that one, similar to what what Stab is in the Scream universe. So, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, but I think uh, Curse is interesting because, you know, we get a little bit more of uh, Charles Lee Ray's backstory for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's our first kind of look back at that. We've never really, you know, we we get pieces here and there through the through the storyline, um, uh, through the rest yeah. of the series. Um, like when Tiffany shows up and we're like, oh, OK, he's had this girlfriend that's uh, been, you know, who's also a killer. Um, yeah. And then, you know, now up get, 20 years later. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so now we get this other, you know, aspect of it that he was, you know, you know, ultimately um, that the reason why he's after Nika, Nika's family is because he was obsessed with their mother and mm-hmm. um, and, and had her um, uh, held hostage. And she's mm-hmm. the one who called the cops on him. Um, mm-hmm. that ended up in his death um, at, at the beginning of Child's Play 1. So yeah. it's a neat little neat little extra add-on backstory to it all and the reason why all of a sudden he's weirdly trying to uh, kill this family. Yeah, I honestly love that it has a yeah. reason to it. Like, yeah. I know not to bring Halloween into it, but people are always like, oh, it was better when they, Lori wasn't Michael's brother. And I'm like, you know, I kind of liked it, honestly. I'm in the minority of it, but like the reason of him going after Nika, it's like, dude, why? It's like, oh, he's yeah. Well, and it makes sense in the in this context, especially because as much as Chucky is a serial killer and he'll you know do whatever um to kill anybody, he also largely sticks to something. I mean, the first three movies are him sticking to the course of trying to kill Andy. Um, mm-hmm. or take over his body. Um, and then it's, you know, and then the next two are just him and Tiffany together, um, just kind of doing their thing. And um, so you know, he's he doesn't as much as he does kill, like especially in Bride and Seed, he's you know, killing mm-hmm. more randomly, nobody connected to him or whatever. Um, yeah. that but at least with this, you know, he he's like, okay, well, I'm I'm gonna get serious. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna go tar- start targeting all these people, and you know, specifically, you know, obviously Nika and her family, and then, you know, at the end, we find that he's also targeting Andy again. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, uh, but I, I I've this one's a lot of fun because it's because of that aspect of it that you get this backstory, you get this connection. Um, and again, it kind of plays into the overall, like, you know, family aspect of what's going on in the background with, 
you know, all the people who've been making the movies this whole time, it kind of feels like they're just like, well, let's just do this on the screen too. We're going to talk about a family and, you know, just Mm -hmm. keep it all together again. And I, and I like that. I think that's fun that they're doing, um, you kind of pulling everything together again like that. So yeah, just having it set in the one, which I almost said in this one dark house. And funnily enough, Mancini (laughs) has said that he was partially inspired by like, Oh my god, I can't think of his name. James Whale's old dark mm. house with like cool. the set itself. Yeah. And yeah, having it in the one hole so that everybody's contained, everybody's together, everybody's close. Yeah. Well, and that's uh you you mentioned, I think off air, that um, you know, you watch both of these movies with the uh the commentary this time. Yeah. Um, so and so I didn't I didn't watch them with the commentary. I actually I actually just completed my full uh, 4K set of the Chucky movies. Um, oh, I still got to build on that. Yeah. I missed out on the shout set that I wanted. Yeah. I should have just yeah. pulled the trigger. So I'm just getting them <laughs> bit by bit. I picked up Bride at Best yeah. Buy last week. Yeah, I got I got the whole set because, uh, of course, uh, one of my favorite artists, uh, Devin Whitehead, who mm. does a lot of the um, he does a lot of their uh, their posters and slip covers and stuff. And he's also the main artist over at uh, Cavity Colors. Um, yep. I've been a fan of his for a, a number of years now. So any movie he ever does for um, for Scream Factory, I always pick it up. Um, I literally just the other day made sure to buy my uh, my copy of um, the 1980s uh, Blob. Um, yep. because he yep. did the slip cover and the uh, uh the poster for that as well so i have a number of his posters all over my walls uh, <laughs> oh yeah all of his shot but, factory art is fantastic yes. like that's oh, a huge selling so point to me it's like oh, do yeah. i need a third copy of this movie yes i do right. because it looks cool <laughs> yep exactly so yeah so i picked those up in a heartbeat plus i was just like i like these movies i'm gonna get them on 4k it'll be cool because uh, i already had the set before in the on blu-ray but I was like, I'll yeah. upgrade. Plus, it gave me a, a better thing. The only disappointment yeah. is, is that Shout, uh, Scream Factory, they had him, they had Devin Whitehead do the co- slip covers and posters for two through seven, but not number one, mm-hmm. which was really random and weird. I was like, well, why wouldn't you? Because they already had another, um, they already had another older slip cover for it um, that they did before, I think, um, with uh, with another artist. And so I think yeah. they were just re- reusing that one. Uh, which was disappointing because I was like, ah, it kind of throws out, you know, the whole, the whole. It's not the you know, unit. Set. It's like, yeah, it's like the book series where one's taller than the other on the <laughs> right, shelf. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it looks weird, but yeah, you know, I still have fine. that old. It's the DVD box set. Yeah, of, I think it just goes through Curse. So I have Cult on Blu-ray. <laughs> it's like oh. I'll eventually like we're eventually gonna make the 4K jump. Like yeah. we already have the TV. I've got the player on my Christmas list. It's like I'm yeah. just gonna build up my 4K collection and might as well start. Yeah. I, I did it if I did it a couple of years ago when um um who was it? What did they put out on 4K? Oh, I ended up buying um the uh second site version of uh Dawn of the Dead. Um, oh. on uh on on 4k i ended up eventually selling it um because i was like I, I needed the money at the time yeah. and so i was just like and and it got me got me a little bit of good money but n- not 
not the greatest, but it was fine. Um, <laughs> but I bought the I bought the 4K player for that. I already had the 4K TV, of course, but I bought the 4K yeah. player for that. Um, and then I was just I wasn't super. I was like, OK, I'll buy 4K whenever I can. It'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't super into it. But lately, um, over the last year or so, I've just been um, upgrading every chance I get to just any any. I've got a huge list, of course, yeah. on my Amazon wish list of everything that I need to upgrade. <laughs> Um, but so now and anything new I buy, anything new that comes out just immediately, I buy it on four 4K just you know. Yeah. To like, keep to keep up rather than having to, to go back and uh redo stuff later. Pretty much. Like and, and Screen on... Factory. Yeah, and Screen oh, Factory's been oh, putting out all Factory. their stuff. They're now upgrading everything up to four K. So I've just been grabbing mm -hmm. whatever I can of those as well. Yeah, anyway, I was very ahead. tempted on I was very tempted on their Night of the Comet. 4k yeah i haven't picked great. that up yet yeah i haven't picked that i have one the blu-ray but same. i would double yeah. dip but um yeah. and like half the time as we're off on this tangent yeah. like because the movie packs used to be blu-ray dvd yes and i can get 4k blu-ray yes and so like when i was at best buy it was when prey came out they didn't have a steel book yes but they had where you can just get the blu-ray for this price or you can get the 4k and blu-ray for like five bucks more and i'm like yeah yeah why wouldn't i get the 4k and blu-ray for like five six bucks more i'm just gonna get the yeah. 4k and watch exactly like that. no and that's and that's what i think is interesting too and because i was doing the same thing i used to just buy the um the, the blu-ray dvd digital combo mm -hmm. packs i uh, always bought those um and and by and large um i would just watch the digital anyway um, because it was easier to do. I could just pop up Voodoo and, and watch it on digital. Always much easier for me to do. I always mm -hmm. um I always uh do my digital codes every time I you know, so um but um but I always found it to be a waste when I'm buying the Blu-ray DVD combo packs because I, I knew I was never gonna watch the DVD. Uh because yeah. it's such inferior um uh uh quality. And yeah, so like even upscaling it with the Blu-ray or uh, yeah. 4K player, it just looks terrible. <laughs> so. Yeah, like I didn't notice it for the longest time, but um, my 2017 it was a Blu-ray DVD combo pack, and right. I went to watch it at a friend's house, and like they just only had like a PlayStation to watch it on, which plays DVDs but not Blu-rays. <laughs> and so we watched right. it on DVD, and I'm like, oh my god, there's actually a humongous difference between DVD and Blu-ray. I'm going to be is. that physical media person now who's like, no, if it's got to be Blu-ray or better crap. Well, I got to update so much. And, and, you know, and I don't want to throw shade on anybody, but I see so many horror fans still buying DVDs. Yeah. And oh, I, yeah, 90% get... of my shelf is DVDs. I mean, right. Going to like, you know, disc replay or resale places. It's like, Hell yeah, it's I'm gonna buy this. Sure, it's cheap. cheap. Yeah, it's cheap, but the quality is so bad <laughs> now that I'm just like, especially if you're watching it on a 4K TV mm -hmm. or whatever, you can see just how terrible they are now. Yeah, and um, like, so much is still being lost because I know, um, example, yeah. Prom Night 2 that has no yeah. release, but I found it right. at a resale place. It was in like a box right. set with 10 movies. It's like, oh, the first two Prom Nights are in this box set. Well, mine now. Yeah. And that absolutely. Never gonna get better. <laughs> yeah. And absolutely. If it's only available on DVD and it's never been put out on Blu-ray and I really want it. Yeah, of course, I'll buy it on I'll buy it on DVD. Um, 
that unfortunately for some weird reason um the movie revealer was only put out on dvd it was never put out on anything past dvd which was really bizarre um because it's a newer movie that came out on shutter just like a couple of years ago and um so i still bought it because i wanted the special features um more than anything and so um because if i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna watch it on shutter where it's in better quality um Mm -hmm. and that's why i double dipped on evil dead rise (laughs) now because the steelbook has the commentary (laughs) stupid i just did the same thing this last week because i saw because i knew it was coming out but then i saw your post about buying it and then i was like oh my Mm -hmm. god i gotta i gotta buy it i ended up having to drive an hour away to a best buy because there was none even remotely close to me who still had a copy because it was like thursday when i thought about it and i was like oh my god um so yeah so i ended up it wasn't available for shipping either which was dumb no exactly so it was really frustrating and i ended up going out and buying it and as much as i hated it that i ended up double dipping (laughs) on something like two months after i had done that like it was literally two months ago that if I this was like 4K. a year afterwards we'd be like eh. but it's like no this movie just came out because i bought what? that 4k pack when that hit now i bought the yeah. 4k steelbook just yeah. for that well i'm more you know, mad 35 at bucks for commentary and i'm more mad at myself about it because i said i wasn't gonna buy the 4k the original 4k <laughs> copy uh because i was just like well i'll just buy it on digital at 4k which i know isn't yeah. isn't the same quality um no isn't isn't as native 4k on a disc um but i was still like well i'll just buy it that way i have it i have a copy and everything yeah. and then of course two months later they're like oh yeah best buy is gonna have one with a couple of special features like, you guys suck so i mean that was the whole kind of thing it was like did i want it of course was i mad yeah. there was no special features yeah we yeah, all absolutely. were mad at that yeah <laughs> Evil Dead is known for having good special features, but mm-hmm. they're also known for having Evil Dead is one of the worst perpetrators of the double dip. Um, because as I'm looking at my done shelf right so now, many, yeah, they've done <laughs> so it. many different versions <laughs> of these movies with different special features and everything. It's uh-huh. just plus oh, you have the so remake, ridiculous. then you have the unrated remake, yeah. you have Army of Darkness, yeah. and you have the director's cut of Army of Darkness. I have what well, let me count three, five, seven, nine. I Including the TV series, I've got like ten boxes up there. See, now I've I've streamlined it. Now I have the four Ks of every version of every mm-hmm. movie available because uh, Screen Factory put out um, the four Ks of Army of Darkness and the twenty thirteen Evil Dead. And um, I almost got the Steelbook Army of Darkness oh, and Best I, I Buy because it was I the four K, and I was like, oh, yep. I'm so tempted. Yeah, I got I that like, one. I want to update. Yeah. Yep. That art again. Yep, yep. But like some things I just can't get rid of. Like, do I want to update my Ash versus Evil Dead TV series to Blu-ray? Yes. Yes. But I can't I get to, rid of to. my season two DVD. It's signed <laughs> by Dana D. Lorenzo and Lucy Lawless. That's oh, going course. nowhere. I, I have like it buried with me. So I have the only thing that I still have that's lesser than 4K. I have two things. And I know this is wildly off topic of Chucky, uh, but that's fine. <laughs> Um, I have I have a I have a Blu-ray copy of the Evil Dead. It was like the Best Buy exclusive, so it's got a bonus disc of features. Because if you buy Evil Dead now, um, mm-hmm. on uh Blu-ray or even on 4K, um, it's just only has commentary. Yeah, they don't have any special features. But um, this uh special edition 
from Best Buy. Of course, it's Best Buy. Um, mm-hmm. Had a bonus DVD full of special features. Um, so, which if anybody's bought the recent 4K box set yeah. that comes with one and two and um, the Blu-rays of the TV series, that also came with this same DVD disc of bonus features. So they did yeah. bring it back out, but I wasn't going to buy that box set because I already had all the separate pieces yeah. of it. So I was just like, and eh, that's fine. And then I also yeah, have I- a, um, a a DVD version of the original Evil Dead, but I have the Book of the Dead version that looks like the Necronomicon. Um, oh, and nice. uh, I have that one actually signed by Bruce Campbell. He came to a signing uh, where I lived at back in uh, Albuquerque. Like, I don't even remember <laughs> back around the time that he was making uh, the man with the screaming brain uh, when yep. he was releasing that. Um, so he was doing a book signing uh, for his second book. And so I was able to get uh, his signature on, on my DVD. And I was like, nope, never selling that. Never getting rid of that. Nope. That's staying as it is. So <laughs> I don't know, something's between nostalgia factor or if it's signed, you're not getting rid of. Yeah, like, absolutely. My DVD copy of Your Next is signed. I have it on Blu-ray too, but I'm not getting rid of the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to Chucky. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but yeah, with Curse of Chucky, I think it's a, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, and I think that it's we we get the tease at the end um, with Andy. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. we Andy comes back into the the movie. Uh, into in uh, Alex Vincent as as Andy mm-hmm. um, comes back uh, to the series, and in this, which they you know, were able to keep so under wraps, which good for yeah. them in the age of the internet. Well, and then the interesting thing about it too is that um, it's only on the unrated cut uh, in the in the regular you know yep. regular cut of the movie that scene isn't in there, so you have to watch the unrated cut. Um, so I think I've always watched the unrated cut. Yeah, I've only too. ever seen the unrated cut of both of these movies. Um, and both of these movies have those little after credit bits. This one has mm-hmm. Alex Vincent returning as Andy Barkley. And um, you know, it's it's fun because it shows that Andy has been is prepared, you know, yeah. is like, you know, he's been waiting for Chucky to come back, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think and it's interesting too to correlate, you know, because how you mentioned Halloween before. Mm-hmm. That Halloween has the same aspect of somebody who's been through this trauma and who's prepared mm-hmm. for this. Um, you know, in terms of the David mm-hmm. Gordon Green trilogy, we see her so many years later. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I feel like you know it's very similar in, in the ways they do this. This Andy's been prepared. You know, he yeah. was ready for Chucky, and as soon as Chucky pops out of that box, he's got a gun on him. Mm-hmm. Um. Which, I mean, they kind of yeah. talk about almost a bridge into cult, really, because of that opening yeah. scene where it's yeah. him in the cabin locked down with guns yeah, and everything. Because they, they joke in that commentary. They're like, how did he get all this money? I don't know. Probably insurance. Remember about him freaking yeah. dying? Yeah. Or, but it's like he went to the military academy. He's got knowledge. He's not some random nut. It's like, no, yes. he's dealt with this ptsd he's never felt safe in his life or anything right exactly and so he's prepared you know he's you see that like you said that bridges into cult of chucky and at the beginning Mm -hmm. of cult of chucky we meet him he's on a date and the date has now googled him Mm -hmm. and uh you know she ends the date because she's just like you've got issues um yeah. and uh <laughs> you know and i feel bad for the guy you know and mm-hmm. and i like it too like i don't know how much acting that alex vincent has done between 
the Chucky movies that he did in the beginning and these that he's done now. Um, but I don't think it was too much from what I, from what I looked at before was you know, he okay. didn't do a whole lot of acting in between. But coming As I back have to the up character, IMDb looking, yeah, he's he's a very good mm-hmm. actor and and goes right back into the character uh, very well. So I thought that was really cool. Nope, he's just done. He did a few things when he was still young, right after Child's Play. Right, movies I've never heard of. Um, he did a couple <laughs> other like off-brand horror movies, like The Dark Military. In 2019 but yeah he only has 14 total acting credits yeah yeah IMDb. so yeah so again yeah he's he's not done a whole lot of acting but i think he holds his own in this cast and you know it's it's great to see him back i think you know and 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 i go into this more in in the previous episode where i talk about uh mm-hmm. child's play three that justin whalen mm-hmm. does a good job at playing andy and he's very much a good look alike yeah um for mm-hmm. uh alex vincent um he looks like what alex vincent would have looked like at that age um you know and so i think that was a it was a good choice especially because that movie came out a year after child's play 2 did yeah um and so you know they had to make a jump with an actor because there was no way uh, uh, alex vincent was old enough at that time so yeah. at least they got somebody who looked enough like him so it's not so disruptive uh, in mm-hmm. terms of things, but it's great to see um, uh, uh, Alex Vincent come back to play the character he originated, and which, you know he seems to be having fun. So, yeah, which, that's, speaking that's... of signed Blu-rays, my Cult of Chucky is signed by him. That one I'm never <laughs> getting awesome. rid of. <laughs> yeah, and I heard he's great at conventions too. Like you know he's he's been doing the convention rounds the last few years as well. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I, he I, had. I, um, I think it was from Child's Play 2. He has like one of the screen used dolls at his yeah, table. Yeah. And like when you take pictures with him, you get the screen used doll in the picture too. He was pretty chill. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. I like that. And I love when I love that the horror when horror actors, um, you know, even the smaller ones, they embrace their mm-hmm. their horror, you know, roots and stuff like that. You know, somebody like I've I've seen Felissa Rose um at a couple of conventions now. Mm-hmm. And uh she's just she's so great i love when these people will go back and just really embrace that aspect of their lives dying to meet her one of these times like i have sleepaway camp the camp arawak (laughs) shirts it's like let's see you get 80s gym shorts and tube socks on my amazon list it's like i've I've got to meet her i gotta do it in costume but (laughs) even um oh i cannot think of his name but funnily enough going back to insidious 2 Oh, the guy who played the bride in black in that movie. Sure. I have no idea, but I love Insidious 2 and I loved that villain with the Parker Crane. And I'm like, oh, cool. He's going to be at this convention. I'm going to go meet him. He was at the table in makeup in the black dress. He was spent the weekend in that in his costume. And I'm like, hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I, I think it's great when people especially like even bigger actors like somebody like a mm-hmm. barbara crampton or something like that i haven't mentioned her mm-hmm. on, on the podcast before about how like i love that she's been so um mm-hmm. such a huge proponent for horror um and that she is continuing to make horror movies and now mm-hmm. producing them so much that you know she's just she knows her name can get something made so she's mm-hmm. now like doing it on that side of things and i love that and, um, you know, I hope it continues. I hope everybody 
continues to embrace it um as much as possible mm-hmm. um but yeah like uh, you know so you back to cult again um <laughs> but uh you know because we we because we were talking about Alex Vincent and him playing mm-hmm. so well at this and everything and we get this at the beginning he comes back from his date and you know he goes uh into his little safe there and there's the head from mm-hmm. the Chucky doll that um the original the original Chucky doll that mm-hmm. I mean the quote unquote original yeah. um you know every, every everybody calls it the original cuz it's got the scars and everything like that but it's realistically it's the one from I'm presuming the one from seed of Chucky. Cause that's the last known yeah. one that um, um, had been used. Um, yeah. Whatever went from seed to curse. Yeah. And then he blew yeah. its head off at the end of curse. And I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now he's just torturing the hell out of it, <laughs> um, which is great. You know, it's, it's such a, such a unique uh, a take on it all. Uh, I love that now it gives it... him a hit. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> like he goes out and just lights a joint on a Friday night and he's nice enough to give the Chucky head a hit. <laughs> yeah. And then burns his head. Um, mm-hmm. but uh <laughs> uh it's just it, it's so funny. Uh but this one, this one, the cult of Chucky actually brings something up. Whenever I was watching the original movie, mm-hmm. um, that as I was going through the series a few years ago, um, something that bugged me um finally came to fruition in this one was the multiple Chucky's. Mm-hmm. Um, that in number three, and this was, I guess, when he originally wanted to do it as well, uh, Don Mancini, mm-hmm. um, he wanted to have the idea of multiple Chuckies in Child's Play three. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the beginning of that one, we in, in the beginning of Child's Play three, you get the the scene of the Chucky doll that was um, melted in the in the factory, um, mm-hmm. being um, like picked up and pulled across. Uh, this vat of new plastic that's being uh, melted in and then you get mm-hmm. all the blood drops and everything. And so that's supposed to be his, his essence getting made into a new doll <laughs> and everything, which was great. I love that aspect of it, but that was where I was like, Oh, well all those blood drops could create multiple instances of him mm-hmm. and they didn't do it. But I felt like that was the point where he did think about it. and i was rewarded in that by him saying yeah that's when he would have done it was way back then mm-hmm. but they they couldn't do it at the time because of um yeah um just the lack of um money or yeah you know, technology to do it at the time to make all those uh all those dolls and so yeah which means, love, makes sense yeah like yeah i mean like, it was you hear him 91 when, um, so yeah so now you always hear him talking about them and gremlins how all those animatronics and all of them working and how like the scene in the bar, they wanted to do more in the bar, but they're like, Oh, absolutely not. We're already having enough hard times with all these animatronics doing all these crazy things. You're asking way too much. And I feel like at the time, all of those Chucky dolls would have been a massive undertaking. Oh yeah. Practical well, effects. And- well, and they already have multiple dolls and versions of, of that in each movie anyway, because, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever other instance they need to use it for, you know, they have half dolls or whatever they need to do with all the varying animatronics. But to do that with like multiples all on the same screen at once, that would just been so hard. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I love that they finally bring it into play in Cult of Chucky. And then we get like all these multiple versions of Charles Lee Ray in each one of these 
different um uh, uh chuckies um and it just makes it makes it a lot of fun you know cuz mm-hmm. i mean it's obvious pretty 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 obvious from the start that there's multiples going on um mm-hmm. it's not much of a surprise when they pop up and you know you do have them all there running around killing everybody yeah. um but it does make it pretty fun you know you get the 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 um mental hospital aspect of it you know people's perceptions and everything of course um you know so it's interesting too because i did think it was the the doctor being kind of shady and shitty was was interesting but it kind of would have been fun just to have like maybe a straight up doctor too where he wasn't just a bad guy um uh because then you know just doubting everybody because you know they are all you know you patients with different mental illnesses and stuff like that so it would be great to have had that aspect of where he just didn't believe it because you know he was on the up and up yeah so uh, speaking of the asshole doctor yeah what is his name what is his name uh michael therio because he shows up in the series oh okay (laughs) yep is he the dad bringing the Yep, he in the first season he's um he's the, the girl's father. dad, right? Yeah, he's the mayor's husband. Yes, yes, okay, yeah. right. So again, with bringing that's right, I forgot about that repeatedly. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and apparently, no, and... like he's like the nicest dude. He just plays an asshole in the movie. <laughs> just really good at which I asshole. love hearing that of yeah. when it's like God, this character's a prick. They're like, no, he was the nicest guy I've ever met. That's totally funny. And I love it. I love it when directors um will reuse actors. Like I know people, there's a lot of people who are kind of like, oh my God, the same actor again. Ugh. Um, but I like it because it just shows actors' ranges. Um, it shows um just you know that that um that loyalty um to bring these people that you like back. You know, Flanagan does it, you know, pretty much every direct director does it. They there's people that they like working with. Um, you know, John Carpenter bringing back um, uh, Kurt Russell all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, oh, you know, I can't it's think just of her name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't play and, Annie. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I think it's great when you get all these, you know, when a director has somebody that they like and get along with mm-hmm. and um, can inhabit different roles and stuff. And we're seeing that in the, in, in the Chucky series as well with Devin Sawa, who um, mm-hmm. keeps playing different characters in, in, in these, yeah. um, in, in this series. <laughs> so I think it's great that he just keeps reusing the same actors, just putting them in new roles. And, you know, it, it's a lot of fun like that. So, and as much as I'm not a big fan of the uh, American horror series um, mm. that, uh, you know, you know, it's cool to see them getting chances to kind of, you know, change characters and i and i like that too that the characters maybe somebody maybe they're an actor um in each season of something but they don't maybe their role isn't as big in each season as well like you mm-hmm. know like flanagan flanagan uses his wife kate siegel a lot in his mm-hmm. stuff but sometimes she's got a big role sometimes she's got a very minor role and so i like that that you know it's it's like okay well who what kind of role are they going to have this season so yeah it's always kind of fun to do that um the Leonardo DiCaprio point and snapping meme. Like, yeah, I'll do yeah. that through the movies. I'll do it through the series. It does make it really fun. And it yeah. also makes you know that they're having fun. 
Yeah. And especially with like the minor actors, like the, my, you know, minor to the series, like, like not the main characters, like the Michael Theriot, um, that, you know, he, you know, he's still a major part of the, the, the stuff now, but he's like, you know, but he's just a, a, a side character. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's great to play that, you know, Oh, that guy. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a lot of fun for me. So, yeah. but yeah, no, I, I, I I have a lot of fun with both of these movies. I don't think either mm-hmm. one is, you know, terribly breaking too much new ground. I mean, obviously Cult of Chucky does with the 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 ability to and it's the first time Cult of Chucky finally Chucky's able to inhabit a human. Well, yep. we say that, but he did it with Alice at the end of the second one as well. Yeah. So, and we get a little bit of acknowledgement of that in this one, although we don't get too much of that in here. Yeah. Like she's just um, brought up when surprise yeah. Jennifer Tilly's back, yeah, and they make exactly. the meta crack. She's like, "Anybody tell you you look like Jennifer Tilly?" She's like, "Oh yeah, I get that a lot." <laughs> <laughs> she's so good in these. It's just, I know. I, I love it. I, I love. I it. love her so much. <laughs> I love that they get to play with that that whole meta aspect of it that she's that she's really Jennifer Tilly, but mm-hmm. Tiffany on the inside. But uh, obviously, you know, in this one, we also see Tiffany is alive still as well. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's a, it's it's fun to see them kind of branch it out and to you know continue to put them in more and more different you know, bodies and dolls and mm-hmm. and and everything. So it's it's a fun little aspect that you know he's finally achieved uh, mm-hmm. the ability to do that without uh, without you know completely spoiling it and um and the, and that's the thing though too is that he embraced in seed of chucky he embraced mm-hmm. the fact that he was a doll and that you know he you know he didn't want to be human anymore he was having mm-hmm. more fun being the killer doll the the most famous yeah. killer doll in history and and so you know getting yeah. to see them continue into this um you know putting his essence into back into a person like splitting mm-hmm. it off like that um yeah. It's interesting. It's a it, it makes the story more fun um, and breaks it out into so many new directions. Um, yeah. That, yeah, I think uh, the funniest scene yeah. in the movie is those three Chuckies when they're yeah. arguing over who gets to kill Andy. Yeah, this is the funniest thing. Yeah, and the one's like, "Have you seen my hair?" And they're they're like, like, oh, yep, 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 you yep, win. We, You're right." Because yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was oh, what did they call him? I think that was like the baby Chucky because he had like the shorter hair. So he I was think like he was called horn. Buzz Cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw they had named each one different things, like Buzz mm-hmm. Cut, something else, and I I don't remember all the names now. But <sighs> me neither. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, sure no, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, these. Uh, I I really like the dark angle that these movies take. Um, they're still humorous. There's still a lot mm-hmm. of humor in them there's they're a lot darker they're a lot more sinister mm-hmm. um but um they don't lose that that inherent um chucky flavor um yeah that that makes them so fun and unique and like i said this is for me um one of the most consistent franchises in horror mm-hmm. um and i love that they keep bringing people back um case in point at the end of this one we get a post credit scene with uh kyle coming back uh mm-hmm. to uh to come torture the original chucky's head uh that's still at andy's place so 
which was great it's, seeing her back too. Yeah. And I know we get more of both Andy and Kyle uh, in the series as well. I know they both popped up in season one. Season one's the only season I've seen so far. I know. Um, I'm trying not I'm, to like spoil No, I very two. much appreciate that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've I've managed to not get fully spoiled. I've gotten a little bit of spoilers for season two, but because yeah. it took so long to come to any kind of streaming, um, yeah. I, 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 man, I've been waiting. So now I'm finally, mm-hmm. finally getting so close to uh, finally getting to watch it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, I think that, you're gonna uh, like it. It really yeah. takes more of the bride and seed yes, turn with things yeah. in that. It's great. yeah, yeah. I'm looking. I'm very much looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to uh, finally catching up enough to see the new season as it comes out. So, mm-hmm. let's say at the time of the recording, the... you're only behind one episode. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think. I think I'm gonna. You know. Um. Try to fit in a few episodes. Uh. You know. Uh, yeah. Try to fit in at least two episodes a night for the. For the next uh, little bit so I can get caught up and uh, mm-hmm. hopefully I'll only be a couple weeks behind um, by the time I finally get caught up so but uh yeah no yeah. this is you know the these movies I think that what what was interesting with these movies is that um that you know because he changed the kind of the tone and the direction mm-hmm. a little bit from the bride and seed versions. Yeah of where he was going with it, that he kind of, you know, changed that stuff that he, that Don Mancini and David Kirshner, um, both of them, you know, together have like kind of gotten it to where it's going now. They kind of like, we're like, okay, let's put it on this track of where we want the franchise to go in the future. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, while still having a lot of fun, obviously, I feel like the 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 series, the TV series now is doing more of a combination of everything. They're just all the tones, mm-hmm. all the characters. And I think that's great because I think that's what makes Chucky fun is you can have all these different tones and mm-hmm. still make it work. Um, yeah, um, he talked a lot between Curse and Cold of right. a huge um, Brian De Palma influence in general but especially his film the fury um okay the a lot in um a lot in cult had hitchcock feels down to like the straight rear window scene where nika's looking down on the funeral like he had a lot of like i don't want to say artistic e but like darker influences come back around so it tones what camp we were getting from bright and seed but it still kept the camp. Yeah. So like it reined it in, but it still let it take its proper course. It wasn't like a dramatic drop. Yeah. It was still, here's my influence. Here's what I liked. Here's what I didn't like. Here's a good balance and train of everything. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it work. Ultimately. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, it, it, because, you know, he, he he kind of tempered it seed of chucky went like super high camp like i think with bride of chucky bride of chucky was camp mm-hmm. and then um and took it in that direction seed of chucky took it in to super high camp um mm-hmm. almost too much um and then pulled it back um uh, pulled it back quite a bit i don't think he needed to pull it back quite as far as he did um with mm-hmm. curse and cult but I think that's where we're now getting with the TV series where we're kind of, you know, getting back into the more campy aspects of it 
um, mm-hmm. while still having that sinister tone to it, uh, which I do enjoy. Yeah. I think that, like, you know, he's finding that balance now, um, mm-hmm. especially with the TV series um, that uh, works really well for the character in the universe. So. Oh, absolutely. He reined it in really well. And I think. Yeah. I mean, I feel like almost in the same way that I feel like, say, Ash versus Evil Dead is the best yeah. thing in the universe. I think like the series <laughs> is the best thing in the Trucky universe. And we really kind of have Curse and Cult to thank for that because it put that train on those tracks to head in that direction. Like, right. say what you want that they were direct to video sequels. It started that engine back right. towards this and getting the series revived to where we are now. Right. And I and I don't think them being direct to video sequels has any bearing on their quality or their Mm-mm. um or, or or the storytelling or anything. I think that, you know, being directed video or direct to streaming or whatever is perfectly fine as long as you tell a good story. Um you know, mm-hmm. and that's what ultimately comes out of both of these movies is like, I only saw them on video. There would have been no way to see, like, I, I don't think I've ever seen a single Chucky movie in the theater. Um, So being, being something direct to video doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Being direct to video doesn't matter yeah. to me. Most people don't tend to see a lot of uh stuff that's not on video. Um, That's mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, sure. We go to the movies if we can. And, you know, I yeah. try to go as much as possible these days, but you know, there's so many, so many things that get in our way in life. And so, you yeah. know, um, you know, if, as long as we yeah. can see it in some way and TVs are better now. So like, I don't yeah. care. So um, yeah, even like theatrical releases have, are catering more to streaming. Like, yeah, I'm sure any day now saw 10 is going to be out on streaming. Well, they put, they've, what they've done is they've shortened the window on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be a 90 day window between theatrical and streaming really? or, or VOD uh, yeah. release at least. Um, and now yeah. it's been shortened down to 45 days. Mm-hmm. So you get a month and a half in the theater before it jumps to uh, VOD and or streaming. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, w- I, I won't doubt that we'll see uh saw X on, on, uh, on VOD pretty 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 soon um, yeah you know but what what would I say like mid-November is probably yeah. when it'll show up um yeah so but that's not necessarily a bad thing you know no. the, the 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 I I know there's a lot of people who feel that it's it's not the best and that we should give um uh movies a longer theatrical run mm-hmm. and I agree that if a movie's doing yeah. well sure something like smile uh, mm-hmm. last year uh, that had legs um, mm-hmm. that a lot of people were going out and going and seeing it. And there were a lot of people who, even after it came out on uh, VOD, were still going to the theater because they mm-hmm. wanted to see it on the theater first. And that yeah. I think is fine. I think that that's mm-hmm. what's what a, a good aspect of that is, is sure. If something's doing well, continue to push it out there, even mm-hmm. despite VOD, because people will go to the theaters to go see something like this. If it's mm-hmm. something by word of mouth that they're hearing is like, hey, you know, let's go see this. And then, you know, we can mm-hmm. see it later on on VOD. Um, yeah. You know, I don't think VOD or streaming or anything like that. Um, doing day and date as much as I've liked it in the past for, you know, theatrical releases. 
Um, mm-hmm. It makes it easier for me to just sit at home and watch it. Um, yeah. I got a pretty good setup. I've got a nice 55 inch TV <laughs> with a surround sound system and everything like that. It's not no, super yeah. great, but you know, it's yeah. nice enough. And, uh, and then I don't have to deal with theater issues. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's always been my thing is like, if I can do that, I'll do that. But yeah. um, that being said, you know, if a movie comes out the theater, only then i'll try to go see it if i can i haven't seen the new exorcist yet um but i'm not a huge exorcist fan um so i want to rewatch the original first which i haven't watched in over 20 years um and so once i rewatch that then i'll go and probably see the new one yeah that one i'll i mean i love the original but i'm just gonna wait and see where that hits be it (laughs) prime netflix whatever yeah. that's just me though <laughs> yeah that's just me yeah i think that one will eventually be on peacock uh because it's universal so oh yeah probably yeah, yeah. which how else yeah it? yeah like i think a lot of it like the accessibility of it is nice yeah of like yeah these were direct to video but go out rent it for like two bucks and i mean i'm yeah. sure the pandemic had a lot to do with that because of the accessibility yeah. with movies that were going to come out but then it's like no we're just going to hit digital and then now you kind of have the backtrack of say a movie like Prey that went direct to streaming but then everybody's like um why did this not go to a theater kind of a deal it's right. some things were done well some things were not yeah like something like Prey mm-hmm. or um, even the new Hellraiser um, I love that movie but- so <laughs> I've been on a big Hellraiser 2022 kick lately. Like, yeah, and I think both of those could have potentially done well in theaters, especially mm-hmm. Prey. I think would have mm-hmm. done really well in the theater. Um, but it's hard to say. I mean, as yeah. much as it's popular and been popular with everybody, it's hard to say. It could have come mm-hmm. out and it could have bombed. Um, yeah. as much as we want to believe that something like that could have done well mm-hmm. and would have had some kind of legs and everything like that, audiences are fickle. Um, mm-hmm. as much as we all like love that it's come out to 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 physical finally. Um, mm-hmm. and I'd like to see more of that. I'd like to see that yeah. Hellraiser uh 2022 come out on physical. It's really the only Hellraiser that I've really liked. Um, mm-hmm. I think the I've only ever seen the other the the original two, um, uh, besides yeah. that one. But I really liked the new one, and I thought it did well with the mythology and and kind of pushed it forward. So mm-hmm. I think that you know that's what I I, I think that you know. They need to be doing more stuff like that. You know, bring yeah. Barbarian out on physical. Yeah, um, I feel like know. if we keep bullying them enough, <laughs> right. like the internet was able to bully them into get putting prey. Yeah, and I know like the next big pushes are really Barbarian and the new Hellraiser. Yeah, I think we're the big like Twitter like give us this. Yeah, <laughs> I think those were the other two big ones. Yeah. Which um, but, yeah, back to Hellraiser, I think you might like three because it goes pretty campy. Okay. <laughs> like the first yeah, two are ch- serious, three goes more campy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll have to check it out sometime. It's just, it's a world that I haven't been able to get into, but number but that the the 2022 version was really good. Um mm-hmm. and I, I really appreciate what they did with that and, and the world. I actually uh, was on uh my friend's uh a YouTube channel for an episode mm-hmm. on uh, the voices from the mausoleum. Uh, yeah. We did an episode about that when, after it came out. So nice. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, but yeah, no, um, 
you know, back to Chucky. Uh, <laughs> Again, <laughs> you, you know, I love my tangents on this show. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Chuck, Chuck, being that these are the last two movies in the Chucky movie franchise, mm-hmm. um, like we said, they were they were a good trans transitional piece um, mm-hmm. that kind of you know reset um, the franchise in in a direction that it's now been taken into in the in the TV series, and I love that they've managed to now expand and grow uh, the whole uh, franchise uh, in this new TV series. Mm -hmm. So, and not many, not many um, long running horror franchises get to do something like this. So it's great that Mancini is getting to do all this. So uh, many have tried, some have been successful, some have not, but yeah, I think Chucky's been the critical and everything success. And, it's almost weird when you think about it because, like, if we didn't have Curse and Cult, what would the series have been like late 2000s, right after Seed of Chucky? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, how wild yeah. that would have been. It would yeah. have been like a different celebrity cameo and killing all the time. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, yeah, who knows what, what would have happened? It's just. I'm glad it went the direction it did. And I like both of these movies. I think they both mm-hmm. work really well um, and they help push the narrative forward uh, for, for everything that we've gotten since. And uh, I hope it continues oh, yeah, down this. That. Yeah. I hope it can keeps continuing down this road. Oh yeah. I love Cole, that one. I mean, again, they're both great movies, but I always preferred cult. I think like even upon rewatch, I appreciated Curse more with what it did for the story and the tone, but I have more fun watching cults, I think, because it has that camp and the yeah. camp was how I was introduced to the series. So it always kind of has that anchor, I guess, with me of the campiness of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it it's. I think that I think as long as they can continue to lean into just the right amount of camp, then it it, it it'll continue to work. And I and I agree with you. I think um, I, a cult is my favorite over the two um, mm-hmm. between Curse and Cult. Uh, the multiple Chucky's works so well mm-hmm. um, and just breaks it out in so many potential directions. Um, yep. That uh, you know, and and having Nika now being uh, possessed by Charles Lee Ray's, uh, you know, as well, you know, uh, uh, one yeah. of the other aspects of him, um, and it's just <laughs> yeah. great to see Fiona Duraf like in the TV series, you know, playing her father, <laughs> you know, yeah. playing this character. So yeah, it's like great that's being able to see that. Oh, what is it like that scene right after the the Chucky kills Malcolm, and it's the Chucky doll, and then Nika as chucky as whatever and they're like looking at each other and they're just both laughing manically i'm like that is so satisfying to watch oh yeah definitely as a fan who just appreciates like oh these are great characters oh it's my father daughter doing this and like the last half hour of cult is just the starting gun for the series yeah it feels like yeah absolutely agreed uh, is there anything else uh, that we haven't mentioned that you would like to uh, oh. mention about either one of these? I think I think I'm sad. I didn't really have any notes. I was just kind of winging it, <laughs> hoping everything was still fresh in my mind. My Same. Notes... I just watched these over the last couple of nights, so it's like, yeah, I think yeah, my notes were um, yeah, 
Yeah, it was Danielle Basuti having the heck of the 2013 with yeah. Curse of Chucky and Insidious 2, and then all the De Palma and Hitchcock influences, which yeah. I kind of kicked myself for not catching at least like the Hitchcock because Rear Window is my favorite Hitchcock. I'm like, oh, I should have pieced that together. And then it's all split diopter, just split screenshots in general. It's like, yeah, I right. think you don't notice until it's pointed out. And then you're like, oh, that's, yep, that's obvious now. Yeah. Uh, that's so funny. All right. Yeah, I, I don't have anything else uh, that I can think of uh, to mention. Um, so why don't you let people know where they can find you online? All right. Um, let me make sure that my um, one for the blue cloud place is correct because that's still new. <laughs> but I'm still over at Twitter at another for the fire. That's another the number four. And then the fire, and then over at Blue Sky, it's just Amber Nap, real basic on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I am on Instagram too. Um, it's the Young Frankenstein reference of it's pronounced Igor, right. which I'm sure you will tag me in there because it's kind of a long name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on. It was a great time again. I appreciate you having me again. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> For what the third time now? Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. all right always fun (laughs) well i'm glad i'm glad it's always fun having you on and for hosting my dog who's been sitting next to me this whole time (laughs) being a very good boy (laughs) all right well i'm sure i will uh have you on again um sometime soon oh i would love it (laughs) as i always do (laughs) (laughs) all right thanks again to amber for joining me On Friday, Katrina returns to talk about Captain Marvel, and on Monday, I start a short series on vampire movies, and Donna returns to kick things off with Fright Night and The Lost Boys. Thanks for listening. Creepy and Geeky is a part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network. Please check out morbidlybeautiful.com slash podcasts for more great shows. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving the show five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, please share the podcast on social media to help spread the word. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or at creepyandgeeky.com. Music for the podcast is Gratitude, composed by Jerry Smith. You can follow the podcast on social media at creepyandgeeky on both Twitter and Instagram. If you'd like to follow me, I'm GeekThulu on Twitter and Blue Sky, and Geek.Thulu on Instagram. You can support the podcast by ordering teas and more on TeePublic or by donating to the coffee page. All of the links are in the show notes. Finally, don't forget, stay creepy.